Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. This week, we're diving into all the different times that the sequel was better. Let's hit that music. Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Nerdy Bitches Podcast. We're super excited that you'd be here with us today. This week, we decided we wanted to talk about a topic that's called the sequel was better. You know, it's not very common. No, it really isn't. I was thinking about this actually last night when I was working on my list. And the thought that came to me is, in what other industry is it completely acceptable and in fact expected for you to get shittier at your job over time? (laughs) I don't know. Like, I I can't imagine any other job where, you know, you have like the very first thing you do knocks it out of the ballpark. And then each subsequent thing you try to do after that just sucks. Yeah. And and continuing to like get hired and get paid. Mm -hmm. Looking at you, Zack Snyder. As long as you're a man. Yeah. If you're a woman, you do the best thing in the world. And mm, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll give you another shot in a couple of years. Well, when we do these formatted shows, we kind of actually do them kind of loosey-goosey and we don't talk to each other very specifically about them because I think I focused on like the sequel as always being the second of a series. But I have found that there are many instances where the series continues to get better every single episode. Mm. Some of them not so much. So I am focused, my list at least, I'm focused on the second in the series. Most of mine are the second, but not all of them. Because like you said, there are some instances, usually I would say in books, but also in movies, because I looked at movies, books, and TV spinoffs in my sequel chasing capacity here. And I did find that there were some that were quite a few down the road that were what I consider to be the best of the bunch. So I think that those need a good nod. Okay. I can only think of one television series, so we'll talk about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you want to start with movies first? Where do you want to go? I don't know. Let's just let's just throw them out there. I don't know. All right. I kind of did mine in a movies, books, TV capacity. Okay, so, so I will mostly be responding to books and TV. <laughs> <laughs> My book list is pretty short, to be honest. Okay. Um, I will say that, you know, I read a ton of different types of books. The one that I or the, the genre that I have noticed is pretty good uh, consistently across the board at getting better over time is romance novels, strangely enough. So if there's a series of them, there always seems to be like, like somebody gets together with somebody and then the next book is about one of that pairing's friends and them getting it on with somebody. And then, you know, it just kind of spirals out from there. And I found that consistently those tend to get at least as good, if not better, over time. Uh Whereas you can't really say that about a lot of other book series and, you know, whatever. Usually it's either the first one is the best or it's the worst. So, yeah. Well, but then they usually kind of, especially the longer ones, they kind of get to this arc where it's just you don't even care that a new one comes out anymore, like uh, the Sookie Stackhouse series. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyway. Very true. All right. So let's start with movies then. Okay. What is the first one on your list uh, for me? And mine aren't in in any particular order. They're just as they came to me. Yeah. Mine are what I thought of first. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that's on my list as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you think of ones that are the second one was better, Empire Mm -hmm. would be at the top of most people's list. And I, I like it. I A New Hope didn't really do it for me. Of course, I didn't watch till I was an adult, but... Right. It really wasn't until Empire. Well, again, when you you start watching them when you're kids, it's like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then the next thing comes out, you're like, no, this is the greatest thing ever. And then the third one comes out, and you're like, well, this one's slightly less great, but I still really like it. So, okay. (laughs) But yeah, no, that Empire Strikes Back was absolutely on my list as well. So, yeah. So uh, that one... Very, very good. Very iconic. I think it'd be iconic along the lines of Godfather 2. Unfortunately, I haven't watched Godfather 2, but as I understand, it is the best of the series. That is what I have heard as well. I didn't put it down because I haven't watched it either. I don't watch a lot of those mobster kind of movies. I watched Goodfellas. That one was really good. I have seen, I 
think I saw the first Godfather, or at least I've seen bits and pieces of it over the years. Yeah, Goodfellas is really good. I love that movie. Oh my God, so good. So, okay, the first one that I came up with, which I'm shocked wasn't the first one you came up with, was The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, it's the second one I came up with. There you go. In fact, it was one of those ones where like, oh my God, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, it popped up for me first, obviously, because we just finished Bat Month, and that you know, obviously Batman on the brain for that entire month of April that we just did. So yeah, that one. And and again, I like Batman Begins. I don't have any problem with it. But but the Dark Knight is just so much better. You know, like I had forgotten how much better it was until we actually went back and, you know, did Bat Month. Yeah, I remember when I went and saw it at the theater, I came to work the next day or Monday after whatever. And somebody was like, how was it? And I said, I think it might have been the best movie I've ever seen. And (laughs) they looked at me like, you're talking about a Batman movie, right? (laughs) You're like, you know what? Pride and Prejudice is never going to hold a candle for me the way Batman does. I'm just, I'm sorry (laughs) to everyone who thinks it's so great. Like I will say there was a, you know, we get tagged in these things on Twitter quite a bit because we have a lot of friends who, who do this stuff and we're happy to participate a lot of times. And one of them this past week was, tag your five favorite books of all time and like five people. Okay. And I didn't actually participate in this one myself because trying to, you know, narrow down to the top five books like of my entire life is more likely to give me a brain aneurysm than probably anything else. So I just, I just wanted to kind of see what other people will come up with. And I have to say, I don't know, I think 90% of the people who do that kind of thing, unless they are just really boring readers they put out there the books they think will make them seem smart or well-read or whatever, because they're all like these, you know, big classic books. And, you know, I like a lot of those too, but are they the greatest book I've ever read? No. You know, maybe my maybe my English teacher in high school told me this was the greatest book ever, but it's not... It's not something that's really blowing my skirt up or something that I'm going to want to read over and over and over. So I'm always a little bit disappointed when I see those kind of things. And it's all the same, like, high intellectual, high school reading list literature shit. So I feel that Pride and Prejudice was smut back in the day. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I do love it, though. And I, it's one of the, I have very limited space on my iPad. It is one of the audiobooks that I have all the time on it, just because I can pop into it at any given time and just listen to it. Yeah, I, I, I just can't even honestly say that I truly read it in mm-hmm. high school. <laughs> I don't think I did. I think I bullshitted my way through the thing based on Cliff's Notes, yep. uh, which was pretty standard. And it was to be a honest, short little me, book. Reading yeah, literature. So Cliff Notes would yeah, cover a lot can't. of it. I can't get into them. Cliff notes are pretty much the only way I went back in that day. But when we did it for our book club, the Pride and Prejudice versus Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, like I, when I read it, I was like, God, this whole book just reads like how to get a man or, you know, your life sucks without a man. And then I kind of finally clicked to realize how much of a satire it was, especially for that day <laughs> and age. And then I really got into it. I think if my English teacher had kind of prepped that up in high school, that I would have been much more on board with it. So chances are she didn't read it either. It was, it was probably well, yeah, on a sign reading list somewhere. The very first sentence is just pure snark. And if, uh, <laughs> and yeah, if you don't read it that way, it does change the whole tone. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I was like, so bored, so bored. Wait, <laughs> what? Wait, what? Like, wait a minute. Hang on. She's totally poking fun at this shit. And now yeah. I'm kind of yeah. obsessed. So I get that yeah. for sure. So, okay, so we have Empire Strikes Back, The Dark Knight. What's next on your list of movies? Terminator 2. Mine too. Shut up. Really? We both had the same one. Okay. Yes. I love Terminator 2 so much. And I think the first Terminator is crap. And now fight me on this because I just, I don't know. We've talked about it before. I think we talked about it. Summer of 85 movies, maybe. Yeah. Was it 85? <sighs> Something along those lines. I don't I don't think we actually ever did my Bad Arnold movie uh, compilation that I want to mm-hmm. do, but maybe we will. Mm-hmm. But no, we, we talked yeah. about that one. And I think the biggest issue I have with it, it's so dark. And I don't mean like in a brooding way. I mean, like visually fucking dark, like I can't see anything. Turn the lights up. And maybe that's supposed to have elicited some sort of a primal fear or some kind of a thing but for me it was just like no it's bad cgi you make up for bad cgi with dark yeah it's like i just i can't see anything and that annoys me and then you're always in a room that's like 
got a little bit too much light in it. And now there's a glare on the TV and I really can't see anything. <laughs> so, yeah. So again, but then Terminator 2 came out and it is bright as fucking day. You can see everything in the world in that movie and it's great. So, yeah. That was very, that was awesome. Yep. I remember that it won an MTV People's Choice Award and it was the first time they mm. had it, the uh, MTV Movie mm-hmm. Awards. That's all I remember, really. I, don't, I think I actually saw Terminator 2 before I saw the first one. I think so, too. I don't think I was appropriate age. No. Until, and I still don't. I don't think I was appropriate at Terminator 2 time. Well, I was I in high it. school, I think, when Terminator 2 came out. So 85, if that's when it was, 84, 85 would have been like third or fourth grade. So that one I probably didn't see until it was like a rerun on a Sunday movie yeah. channel where all the bad words were taken out of it kind of thing. Like years later, Mm -hmm. but I saw Terminator 2 first. And I will say that with a lot of movies that I've seen, if I've seen the sequel first, I probably liked it better. Yeah. A lot of these, you know, I believe Terminator 2 as well. A lot of them on my list are ones where I saw the sequel before I saw the first one. Yeah. I just wrote down another one that I thought of as we were talking in that particular circumstance that I saw the second one first and it just made... A world of difference. Okay, what is it? Well, for that, <laughs> okay, so I know a lot of people are going to at me on this shit. I like Grease 2 better than Grease. Oh, Jesus. I love Grease. I don't get me wrong. I do. I love it. I actually like most of the music better in that one, but I saw Grease 2 first, and I was probably six or seven, maybe, when it, when I first saw it. And at that age, when you're six, seven years yeah. old, and you see these people who are supposedly high schoolers, even though half of them are probably 40, you know, you see these people, and they're just cool. And the whole point of the movie is that these are the cool kids. This is the, like, school gang that everyone wanted to be a part of. And it was just fascinating to me. I had the biggest crush in the world on Maxwell Caulfield, who played Michael, also played uh, Rex in, uh, you know, Sexy Rexy and Empire Records years and years later. I'm pretty sure those are the only things he ever did. <laughs> but I had a huge crush on him at the time because I was six and that's how it works. <laughs> and then I saw Grease after that, which I love. I can sing every song from Grease. I love Grease. However, my heart will always have a more special place for Grease too because I saw it first. And I think there's a lot of girls that are our age that kind of are there as well. I know that a ton of our Lady Pod Squad girls are all about Grease 2 as well. So I'm not the only one. <laughs> all right. I don't know if I've even seen Grease 2. Oh, well, you're going to when we do our musicals episode. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you the next one I have on the list is one of the ones that I saw this, the sequel first. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Mad Max Road Warrior. Mm. And it is so much better than the original Mad Max. You know, I have to be honest, I'm, you know, in my 40s, and I can honestly say I don't think I ever have seen any of the Mad Max movies from start to finish. I have seen lots of little bits and pieces. I have seen lots of Tina Turner video, you know, but, you know, I don't. Well, that's Thunderdome. That's a different one. No, I know, but I'm just saying. (laughs) These are the things that I know about Mad Max as a series altogether. Uh, So I can't really say. You need to see Fury Road. It's beautiful. Okay, well, I will make sure to see that. It's on. It's been on my list since it came out. I just haven't, haven't seen it. All right. So the next one on my list is one that we've covered for the show with its predecessor as well, uh, and that's Aliens. Oh, I have it too. You know, we watched it here. You and Craig came and watched it mm-hmm. with me and Paul and my weird dogs yep. sticking their faces over the top of the couch and scaring you. But I thought this the second one was so much mm-hmm. more up my alley because the first Alien movie is really just suspense. Mm-hmm. Like you barely see anything of anything. It's just it's just kind of one of those like if you've got anxiety, not a real great movie to watch, you know, because yeah. <laughs> it's just way too much of this buildup. And it's like, holy shit, that guy's like leaking milk out of his eyeballs. Like what is happening? And I know that was very confusing. I know it was so weird. And so, I mean, there, there was a lot of, huh, OK, whatever going on with Alien. But then we watched Aliens right after and holy shit, like the action in that movie is great. I just, I really enjoyed it. So I like it so much better than the first one. I agree. I think James Cameron did a really good job of uh, kind of, you know, he rebooted that franchise in a sense mm-hmm. because he told a completely different story. Yeah. And I, I liked it. It was more actiony. It was less, you know, uh, sci-fi and more sci-fi action. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've talked about this movie, obviously, in detail and a lot over the, you know, the years after we talked about it. 
saying, you know, there's obviously problematic things in it and the whole Ripley needs a kid to save thing that we find obnoxious. But in general, it's just a really good movie. You can really just, you know, honestly, they gave the Xenomorph Queen the same kind of shit, right? They just gave yeah. her some babies to protect for no real reason. So, you know, it's it's fine because that's how men see women in movies, in actions. I don't know. Yeah. But it's still a great movie. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What do you have next? I have... Uh, Return of the King. <sighs> okay. You like Fellowship of the Ring better? No, no. This this is not this is not my issue with that. I absolutely think that Return of the King is superior to the first two. I just don't consider it to be a sequel. Oh, you know what? I, I should have. I I shouldn't have counted Return of the King. You're right. It's the third one. Well, you know what? But a lot of people do. I was looking at several websites to make sure I didn't leave anything like massively out. It's in there a lot. Both this and Two Towers are in there a lot. I just don't consider them to be a sequel because, and most people don't know or they don't care, Lord of the Rings is one book. It's not. It's divided into three books. Publishers have done that over the years, but it's really just one book. So it would be like saying, oh, Harry Potter, uh, you know, in the whatever the last one's called, movie one and two, it, that's not a sequel. That's the rest I of see. that movie. That's how I feel about these other ones, even though they have okay. different names. But I agree. Yeah. Fully. Though I do, I will probably watch Fellowship of the Ring on a loop just because the Hushire, you know, colors <sighs> are pretty. All right. I don't know. I'm weird like that. So. Watch it very, it's a relaxing movie for me. Okay. The next one on my list is Thor Ragnarok, which is fun because it's actually the third. But that's also a third. It's a, a third, third yeah. one. See, we're kind of cheating here. Hmm? We're kind of cheating. I cheated with um, Return well, of the King. Well, this doesn't say the first Rag- sequel Ragnarok. was better, just the sequel. I know, but a sequel. It's still a sequel. <laughs> a sequel. And honestly, if you get rid of that <laughs> shitty Thor the Dark World movie in between, it's just the sequel of the first Thor, right? I don't know. I can handle the dark world. <laughs> I watched it again uh, leading up to Endgame coming out, and it wasn't as bad as I remembered it, but it wasn't good either. So I could, st- I could still really cut it out. If, other than the ether showing up and being an infinity stone, so to say, it's mm-hmm. not really a stone, according to Fat Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's... It's all right. But I mean, I think the Thor Ragnarok is like the Thor movie we were waiting for. Yeah, it's a lot of action. And it's funny. You know, I love that about that. Yeah. uh, Ragnarok by far is the better of the of all of the Thors. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have another this one is a sequel of sorts. Mm -hmm. It is definitely a sequel 100% sequel. Wrath of Khan. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a sequel. It's number two. Yeah, I would say definitely then, right? Yes. I will say it is 100% better than that first shitty movie. Star Trek The Motion Picture is trash, though it's not as bad as number five. That fifth one is garbage. Uh, Yes. But no, no, I'm with you on that. I I can't get past the earworm thing on that shit. Wrath of Khan kind of freaks me out. I know. I know it. But it it is a much superior movie to its original. Yep. Agreed. The next one on my list is Mission Impossible Fallout. So that's what, like the fifth in the movie series? I don't know. You have to actually give me the number for me to know what they are. I don't know what it is. I just know it's the one I've seen <laughs> that was... Mission Impossible, every uh, every Mission Impossible has one-upped the Mission Impossible before, and they are all phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I basically saw the first one, which I liked. The second one, which I thought was garbage, and then Fallout, which I believe was like the fifth one. It's either fourth or fifth. I could be wrong. But I really enjoyed it. I I was not expecting to like it. We got the digital copy of it somehow. I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. how. It just showed up one day. I think somebody may have given us the code to it that they weren't using. I don't know. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Sure. I haven't seen any of these in years. Heather said it was really good. I should watch it. Holy shit. It was really good. And I was like beyond even enjoying tom cruise at that point so i really i dug it i know well it goes to show you too what a good director can do because mm-hmm. tom cruise was in the mummy and there was lots of action and fun stuff in the mummy but tom cruise was just a dud and it yeah. was like he needs to be directed appropriately apparently because we can tell he has the talent we've seen him in all these other things where he's done these awesome things and he you know yeah. so i don't think that was on 
him. It had to have been the director because like Live, Die, Repeat, he was awesome in. Uh, you know, obviously all of the Mission Impossibles, he's good as a villain. I mean, he's good in everything he, he does. So, mm-hmm. except for that movie. So, The, right. the Mummy. Yeah. Agreed. So... Okay. Okay. The last one that I have was a movie on my. Oh, I'm sorry. You have one. I have two more. Yes, I have one more. So you go. Uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Hmm. I think that's the best of all of the Captain America movies, and it was. It's very, very good. I'd say it's. It may be my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Wow. Yeah. I really dig the first Captain America movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my my favorite when it first came out of all the ones that had come before it. And it's it's still probably the one that I've seen the most since it came out. I love Captain America Winter Soldier. It's really, really good. I like Civil War a little bit less, but I still liked it a lot. But the first Avenger one for me, and probably because it was set as a period piece and Joe Johnston is so good with period pieces, like he did The Rocketeer. Yeah. You know, I I really liked the feeling of it. So that one still stays top for me. But I 100% see where you're coming from with the the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I think a lot of people agree on that one as well. Yeah. I remember last 4th of July, or maybe it was the 4th of July before that I put on, I posted on our, our, um, our Facebook page, like, since it's 4th of July, here's Captain America's ass. And it was just the. (laughs) Well, see, now it totally plays out because that's America's ass right there. America's ass. I know. All right. So the next movie, or I guess the last on my movie list for this, uh, was actually National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ah. Which I think may have been the third in the series, actually, because I think it was Vacation and then European Vacation and then Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. It is my favorite of all of the National Lampoon movies, like absolutely hands down. And I watch it at least 20 times a year. During the Christmas season and sometimes outside of it as well. Yeah, I think I agree that Christmas Vacation is the best out of all of them. I don't remember the order, but yeah, that's a pretty safe bet. Well, I think the first and second, the Vacation and European Vacation had the same Rusty and Audrey. And then this is the first time that they brought in somebody else. And it's actually, what's his name? Galecki from Big Bang Theory is playing Rusty. And Juliette Lewis is playing Audrey. So... Maybe been one of the first movie series where they just changed out the main characters willy-nilly and nobody seemed to care. I'm going to have to watch that again. It's really, like I said, we watch it all the time. It was my, my uncle's, my late uncle's very favorite Christmas movie. And it's all of ours as well, or it's, it's in the top five. Like each one of me and my siblings have our own like favorite Christmas movie that we have to watch every year when we get together. And so we just basically have a stack of them that we just run through. And we always play that one for my uncle, Kurt. Okay. What's the last one on your list? Um, I had Chamber of Secrets. Really? Yeah. It's so much better than Sorcerer's Stone. Ugh. I, <laughs> Chamber of Secrets is actually my least favorite Harry Potter movie and book. What? That's the best one. It's got, uh, what's his name? The smarmy guy. He's my favorite. No, no. I, I love Prisoner of Azkaban. That's, that is the one that I would put as the next better sequel. So. Huh? Though my my fifth all, my favorite all the way around is Order of the Phoenix, the Half Blood Prince. Oh, yeah, Order that of one's the my actual favorite. But yeah, I don't know. I just I can just never yeah. I never liked Chamber of Secrets. I never really enjoyed it at all. So oh, I loved it. It was goofy and and uh, but very wizardy. Yeah, I, I like Dobby. I really enjoyed it. Kind of where it ends. So Dobby, yeah, yeah. Actually, Dobby annoyed me <laughs> a bit in this one until the end. Yeah, obviously, but. I like Dobby, but I think he would be super annoying should she should, like show up in your bedroom or some shit. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about books and TV series sequels. Yes, sounds good. A non-mom happy hour is the podcast that celebrates real ass human women, whether they use their baby box or not. Hosted by Kelly Nerdzilla Mendenhall and Debbie Joe Nelson, a non-mom happy hour is a safe space to talk about mental health trauma, disordered eating, surviving, and self-care. We talk about it all while laughing as much as possible, because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. If you like to laugh, feel like you've never quite fit into most lady groups or podcasts because you're not a mom, or are a mom who needs a break from momming for an hour, you should come hang out with us. A non-mom happy hour, bringing healing through laughter and community. Streaming basically everywhere you could possibly want to find us. Remember, always be a real-ass human. To check out the podcast, visit anonmomhappyhour.com. 
Hey, Heather, so have you been listening to a lot of podcasts this week? I have because I'm getting paid for them. I know. I love it. I've listened to probably 12 to 20 hours of podcasting in the last week, and it's just insane that I'm racking up the coins on PodCoin while I'm doing it. It's given me an excuse to listen to them because I'm able to either gather my coins for charity or actually gather my coins for me. Yay. So you guys should check out PodCoin too. We really love it. It's increased our listenership. We are earning coins for doing so. It's available if you are Apple or Android. Super fun. And if you want to get 300 free coins, all you have to do is use our code, which is nerdy, N-E-R-D-Y. And you can get those free coins to get you started. All right. So keep on listening. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Rhonda. And we're two wine-loving, psych-nerd, long-distance friends who host the podcast Wine Mind, where each episode we break down a psychology topic while getting buzzed on a bottle of wine. And sometimes we make up words. Have you ever poured back a few glasses of wine and found yourself wondering, why is wine so awesome? Why is it so hard to make friends in adulthood? What's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? If so, then Wine Mind is the podcast for you. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And check out our website at winemindpodcast.com. You can also find us on the social medias as at winemindpodcast. So uncork a bottle and join us. Cheers! And we're back. Yes. So now that we've talked about movies, which I think was probably the majority of both of our lists, let's talk about books and the you know which books you feel had a better sequel i mentioned already i think a lot in like the romance genre tend to get better with with time which i think again i think should be the norm but it never seems to be it's like i had this one idea and it was great and i put all of my stuff into that and then everything else after that is like the also ran yeah that sounds about right <laughs> so all right so um i have a couple on my list the very first one on my list is the lord of the rings the whole book, because it is technically a sequel to The Hobbit. Oh, okay. Except for The Hobbit was a kid's book, wasn't it? It is. But that's that's the whole thing. Like everything from The Lord of the Rings came out of The Hobbit, vice versa, similarly, and all of that stuff. So it's kind of the catalyst that started everything off. And The Hobbit is written as a kid's book. It's even written like from a narrative type perspective with a narrator almost telling the story, because there's a lot of little asides here and there. Uh-huh. And then The Lord of the Rings just goes completely opposite it is full-on grown-up it's got like a hundred pages of appendices and all sorts of crazy characters and footnotes and whatever else but honestly it's just so much better it's so superior the storytelling is amazing the characters everything about it is just delightful if you've only watched the movies you are missing out because the books are tremendous or the book split up into three sections is tremendous (laughs) all right yeah I guess that makes sense then. So what is... I highly recommend it. (laughs) Okay, so remind me. The book, they had Lord of the Rings come out and then they had The Hobbit come out in movies. Yes. And so The Hobbit is the prequel in real life. Yeah, The Hobbit was written first. It came out first. Yeah, you're right. Because they don't have, you know, anybody in there. Except for Bilbo Baggins Mm -mm. and Gandalf. Bilbo and uh, technically they mention Balin, you know, in in, uh, Lord of the Rings... That's Gimli's uncle. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, Gandalf, Bilbo, uh, and Elrond. Some of the elves are in there. So, Okay. Yeah, they live a long time. But yeah, it really exploded after that. We learn a lot more names. So, All right. What do you have on the book list? Um, I have the Dresden Files. We covered it for a one of our book clubs. And I thought that the first one, Stormfront, was really good, but... Uh, I decided to give this, I didn't know, I didn't know if I liked it that much. It was good enough to keep my attention. So I did decide to listen to the sequel because I don't read them. I listen to them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it was called Full Moon or something like that. And it was about werewolf. Mm -hmm. And it was really good. And I think that one really kind of hit a stride after that as well. I'm only, I believe I've only finished the third one now. But from what I understand, they've just continued to get better. Yeah, we read that first one, uh, Stormfront, like you said, for the book club. And it was all right. I mean, I I read it. I read the whole thing. And I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. I thought it was kind of slow in certain places and certain things just didn't really make a lot of sense. But I also decided to go ahead and give the 
the next book, Full Moon, A Shot. And I, I read that one and I really liked it as well. Like I, I thought that one really caught my attention. I'll say for whatever the third book is, I've been on the wait list with the library for like four months with that book. So one day it'll show up and I will read it as well. Wow. Yeah, my library, my little, you know, because I do all of the audio and uh, ebooks through the library and they only got like one copy. And I think most of these people take the full two weeks to, to read this shit. It takes about two weeks, though, for like a commute. You can't even cover it in two weeks because of how long audiobooks are. Yeah, we started listening to uh, we started listening to a biography on Robin Williams not too long ago when Paul mm. and I were going on a trip. He wanted to listen to it with me, but again, it's like you know a nineteen hour book or something. So our six hours of road time for this trip wasn't enough, and like by the time we got around to trying to finish listening to it. It went back to the library. So now we're back on a six-month waiting list for that one. We may just need to buy it. Yeah. Okay, so the the next one on my list is actually uh, Catching Fire, which is the second book in the Hunger Games series. Oh, yeah. I, I just really enjoyed it so much more than the first book. The first one is really good, but the second one, and especially the translation that they were able to do from book to movie on it, I thought was just spot on. So that's one of my favorite kind of sequel books that I've ever read. Yeah. And, you know, I can say that as well for the movie. I know, we, I, know I didn't mention it in the movies, but I, I didn't read the books. But the second movie was by far and away superior to the first. Yeah, so good. And it, and again, it's a super close translation from the book. We talked about that. Oh, I don't know. Was it back like episode five? <laughs> yeah. Our books to movies episode way back in the beginning mm-hmm. that nobody ever heard because there were only 12 people listening at the time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, (laughs) now that we've got 13 people, you should go back and listen. So, uh, yeah, okay. So do you have any other books? I've got one more. No, that was the last book I had. All right. Well, I have one more, but I've already mentioned it in the movie section, and that's uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm -hmm. I I really like that book. We had such a good time doing it as our book club with Randy from Cult 45 a couple of months ago. That was a lot of fun. It's just one of my favorites. I just really like it. And, And for me... That book really leaps ahead maturity-wise from the first two books. Yeah. So it kind of takes that next big step into into cool stuff. So, again, maybe if I had been reading them when I was 11, 12, 13 years old, I would have, you know, I would feel differently. But because I started reading them in, like, college or beyond, then, you know, that was a little bit more of a jump in maturity that I enjoyed. Yeah. So it's not my favorite of the series, but it's I would say it's my first – it's the first sequel in that series that I just thought was heads and shoulders above the mm-hmm. previous books. Yeah, I agree. That was a, it was a very good movie and book. I've read all of them, but and those ones, in my opinion, just kept getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. They do, and I think a lot of that also has to do with her writing style. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this in our Harry Potter book club episodes all the time that they seem to progress emotionally and you know maturity wise with the age of the kids and the age of the kids that would be reading it. So like I started getting my niece Maddie to read them last year, the year before she's uh she's 12 or she's about to be 12. And so I was like, Oh yeah, she can read, you know, at least up to a certain point she should be fine. And she blew through the first book. She blew through the second book. She got through the third book. When she got into Goblet of Fire though, she she really struggled. She started to really struggle on it. And I think it's just because, again, it's, you know, it's a couple of years beyond where she is. So I think it's just, a, you know, a real testament to J.K. Rowling's writing style that she's able to increase them in maturity and darkness as they go. So I'm I'm glad that she's getting older and I can get her to try again on some of these books and and we can actually have cool discussions on them. She's seen all the movies now. I finally got my sister to read all the books and got her to watch all the movies. We should bring her on a book club episode because it'd be so fun to yeah. listen to somebody who like just read them for the first time versus us who've been reading them for, what, a decade at least? Yeah. Yeah. At the very least. Mm-hmm. Well over a decade. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ugh, <laughs> getting old. Okay. So now that we've gone through our book options, let's talk about an with TV, it's a little weird to call something a sequel. So I think we'll just look at spinoffs, right? Something that came from something else. Yeah. I went through a list of spinoffs last night, again, while I was trying to kind of just double check my own 
mind so I didn't leave anything massive out. And I was blown away by how many, like if you look up television spinoffs on like Wikipedia and it shows you like the origin versus like what came after it, it's like, holy shit, there are so many of these things on there that you didn't even realize that they're a spinoff of something because the original show was like two generations back from what you would have actually seen. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. That is cool. So tell me what you got on your spinoffs. I only have one, and that's Family Matters. Really? With uh, with Urkel. Oh, yeah. I love Family Matters. And that was actually a spinoff of uh, Perfect Strangers. Yeah. Which was a great show. I love that show. Yeah, I know. And I would say when it first started, I was like, why are they spinning off the elevator lady? That doesn't make any sense. But it made so much sense, and it became such a better show than what Perfect Strangers even was. So I agree with you on that one. That's a good one. Yeah. And I never see Perfect Strangers anymore. I'm wondering if that's one of those ones that you uh, watch it again and it's like a little racist. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Like there's there's quite a few that I'm like, oh, I love that show. And they're like, uh, that would not hold up today. Yeah. <laughs> really would not like we should put that in our does it hold up because it doesn't <laughs> not even a little. So, well, I had a, I had a little bit longer list than you do. I do have I do have one other that I thought of just a second ago, but it left my brain. So I'm sure you will say it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if you think of it, write it down. So the first one that I have on my list is probably the spinoff that I have seen the most times. That makes any sense. Like I've seen this one all the way through multiple times. However, I don't think I ever watched a single episode of it while it was actually in production. Okay. So I kind of came across it and like I was there for the original show and I was there after watching this show, but for some reason I didn't watch any of it while it was live. And that was Frasier. Oh my God. I love Frasier. I forgot that that was a spinoff. Yeah. I have watched it so many times. Like I've probably seen the entire series straight through four or five times. Thank you very much. Netflix. That may be the first thing I ever just really binge watched was Frasier. Oh, I, I just I just love Frasier. In fact, the second to last like episode of Frasier was the same day as the horrible like uh, BP petroleum fire out in Texas City. And it mm. it overrode my Frasier. And <laughs> I was like, OK, nothing's happening. Can we just flip it over the show? Right. Please? <laughs> and like, I never fire. <laughs> and you know what? I still have never seen that episode. Oh, it's on Netflix. <laughs> I know. I need to. I, but now I got to start from the beginning. You can't just start the second oh, to the last episode. You cannot. Now, here's the deal. I love Frasier. And it's kind of like Gilmore Girls. It's one of those series that I've seen so many times now that I can just have it on in the background as kind of noise. I don't really have to pay attention, but I've seen every episode, so I'm not concerned. But you're right. Like when I go, hmm, I think I want to watch Frasier. I always start at episode one and just start my way through. And that's why I've seen it so many times. Just it's very easy to watch. You can watch it forever. You know, a lot of a lot of sitcoms will push the boundaries and try to cover like really uncomfortable topics that make them hard to watch. Frasier didn't really ever do that. It was still just kind of light and bright most of the way through. Yeah, there may have been a social conscious thing thrown in here or there, but for the most part, not so. It's very easy to watch and to watch until Netflix says, are you sure you're still watching? You're like, don't judge me. I, I like, though, that uh, you with your uh, psychology background can appreciate them because I appreciated their loophole <laughs> of the um, uh, doctor patient confidentiality where he's like, oh, I found a loophole. So if I am right. your counselor, <laughs> you can tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I love that about like when they, they talk about that, because, again, you know, Frazier's a radio psychiatrist, so there's a lot of stuff that really shouldn't be handled in a public forum like that. But yeah. again, it's, it's you know, anonymity and whatnot, so it's not bad. Niles, on the other hand, as an actual, you know, practicing psychiatrist, should not be talking about 90% of what he's talking about. And I love the fact that his, that he does, they do find these loopholes in things like, well, you know, if you talk to her, then it's no, you know, whatever. Or if she thinks that I'm not a thing or whatever. But I love that Niles has this weird morality where he gets nosebleeds whenever he crosses a line, like <laughs> ethically. <laughs> They're like, what, what's happening with your nose over there? He's like, nothing. He's like got a handkerchief up on his nose and goes scurrying out of the room. And I don't know. <laughs> it's just such a great cast. Like that was yeah. one of those ensemble casts that you just want to think that these people actually live in a Seattle high rise together. Mm-hmm. They're just hanging out all the time. Yeah. 
I agree. I love them. And if you weren't familiar, I know you are, but uh, Frasier was the spinoff of Cheers. Mm -hmm. And now Cheers is one of those that I watched every episode of that show when it was on. Because when I was a kid, I had this tiny little black and white TV. It was probably a three-inch screen. It was probably like a travel TV or something. And it was, it was black and white and it was tiny, but that's what I used to watch at night when I was trying to go to sleep, you know, just like hiding yep. in my bed with this tiny TV watching Cheers. Yep. All right. So the next one on my list for TV spinoffs. Oh, you, you, I, I do have one. Oh, good. Get it. All right. Uh, Xena. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's spinoff of Hercules. I've, yep. And it was so much better. So much better than <laughs> Hercules. It still is. Like, like it holds up. I like Kevin Sorbo and Hercules was not a bad show. Xena was the cheesiest show in the world and completely awesome. Yeah, it was it was absolutely awesome. So I still love her. I still love Lucy Law. I She's do too. amazing. They could bring that show back today and I would still watch it. I know a lady that every year she goes to a Xena convention. I think they call themselves like Xenites or something. I don't know. Nice. Yeah. Better than other things that start with Zine. So <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think Xena's on Netflix, or at least it was. I started sitting down and watching it all through a couple of years ago. But yeah, I, it's I weird. I never though, finished. If that doesn't come on on a Saturday afternoon while you're trying to clean the house or something, it's weird for me. Yeah, it's not worth it's not worth watching. Yeah. So okay, the next one on my list is uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh yeah, that was better than the original. So much better than the original, and also ran like four times as long. Yeah, it did. So. Yep. Uh, let's see. I, did, yeah. I didn't think I, I about actually, television, I, or I would have probably had a couple on the list here, but yeah, oh well. that's all right. Um, yeah, I had some time to kill last night when I was <laughs> looking yeah. at my list. <laughs> so, no, I, yeah, I really loved Next Gen. And honestly, several of the, like Deep Space Nine and some of the other issues that came or series that came out after the fact, they're all better than the first one, in my opinion. I'm not a huge original series Star Trek fan, mm -hmm. but yeah, I like TNG. Better, yeah, yeah, TNG is much better. Uh, the next one on my list as a spinoff was Daria. Oh yeah, which I had forgotten completely was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. Yep, it was, and I think the um, King of the Hill was a spin spinoff of Beavis and Butthead too. Yeah, I think it was. I think there was one other, and I think Beavis and Butthead was actually a spinoff of something else. Was some kind of frog something. Now I can't uh, remember. It's on Wikipedia. Right. But anyways, I love Daria. I love her so much. I think, you know, I've always had this kind of like, oh, I don't know who I would cosplay as. I think the closest cosplay that would really pop into my mind would be Daria. Yeah. So maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Of course, I may just look like me. So <laughs> I know. That's the problem. It's if, if I uh, cosplay, I'd be somebody that I already look like. So what's the point? <laughs> they already think that you're Kirsten. What's her name? Yeah, Vagnus. <laughs> so, okay. Um, the next one on my list is actually a spinoff from a movie, and that's MASH. Oh, my God. That's so good. MASH, I may have seen more than any other show in the history of forever because it's been on TV since it was on TV in the, like, 70s, you know? Yes. And, and the fact that MASH ran longer than the Korean War, <laughs> like by a bit, you know, <laughs> quite a bit. It was, it's just a really good show. I mean, now, if you go back and watch it today, there's a lot of shit that just isn't right yeah. at all. There's a lot of sexism. There's a lot of people pressuring other people to do things they shouldn't do. There's a lot of racism. Transphobia. Um, yeah. All of it. Just there's a ton of it. Homophobia, transphobia, like phobias out the wazoo, <laughs> racism out the wazoo. Uh, but if you take those goggles off and you just look at it for what it is, and honestly, even most of the stuff that they were doing with those uncomfortable topics were for that socially conscious voice to kind of come out and say, hey, yeah. You look like an idiot. Yeah, it you was, know? you know, a sat. it was a lot of it really was satire trying to kind of amplify this is this is what you guys how you guys are acting. And so mm -hmm. it was actually for I, I feel from my pat, you know, looking in the past goggles. So, you know, I need, haven't rewatched them recently, but mm -hmm. that they're like, let me just shine a light on how silly and awkward this is. 
and how ridiculous right. it is. And then, you know, that uh, that helps add it creates progress. Yeah, I think so. Again, they're, you know, they're seen much more from the 70s version of that satire, which, again, still doesn't fully hold up today. But you can appreciate what they were trying to do at the time. Yep. Okay, so I've got two more on my list. Uh, one is the CW's Flash, which is technically kind of a spinoff of Arrow. Yep. Oh, yeah, it was. Uh-huh. And I like it better than Arrow. Honestly, uh, Arrow is dead to me now. Like, I just kind of lost lost interest in it after the last season. Yeah. That's the season previous to this one. That um, uh, Stephen Amell is pretty hot, but yeah. He is super hot, and I will watch him do that jump pull-up thing all day, every day, forever. But honestly, there's a lot of stuff in Arrow that I just find really uncomfortable to watch. There's just a lot of it that ends up that way. But The Flash is just kind of a happier version of Arrow. You know, he's just, I mean, yes, he's troubled, and there's a lot of shit that goes on, and there's some dark stuff that happens. But for the most part, Barry Allen is just like a nicer, better human than Oliver Queen. So yeah, I really just kind of enjoy that one better. Yeah, I, I think I do too, especially now it's gotten a little bit uh, dark and weird, um, the Arrowverse. But, the, you know, Arrow was oh yeah the darker, grittier of the, of the two of them. And The Flash is really enjoyable how they kind of flip it around. So I think the last episode I watched, because we cut the cable cord again a while back, so I haven't really kept up with many of these because you can't see a lot of them until they come out on Netflix at the end end of the season. So I think the last one we watched was uh, the crossover that they did back in the fall, where basically Barry became the arrow and Oliver became the flash. That was awesome. That was the greatest thing ever. That was delightful. I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Trying to just see them take on each other's personalities was was pretty great. Yeah, I know. And then... um, and then also Stephen Amell got to wear the tight pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't yeah, so I will tell it, you that somebody somebody in one of our Lady Pod Squad's group came to tell me uh, on Slack the other day how much she enjoyed our episode of Captain Marvel and how the only appropriate name for Jude Law in that movie is Captain Tight Pants. Yeah. So, and I agree. <laughs> like, I've just almost erased his name completely because Captain Tight Pants is all you yep. need. Yep. Awesome. Okay, so the last one on my list is The Facts of Life, which was actually a spinoff of Different Strokes with Gary Coleman. And I just, I mean, while Different Strokes was one that I really, really enjoyed as a kid, Facts of Life was my jam. Yeah. Because I was just a little bit younger than like 2D was in this, you know, these were all mm-hmm. the girls at boarding school. So she was, you know, a couple of years older than I was at the time. So again, when you're that age and you're looking up to people, you're not looking up to grownups for the most part. You're looking up to people similarly aged that you want to emulate yeah, and be or like. Or a little older, and yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. Or a little uh, older, like when you're in high school, look at college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So looking at Blair and Joe and like all of these characters, Natalie, like all these characters who had just such extreme personality points, right? Like there's none of them that are just the normal kid or the normal teenager. They have such varied, you know, personas in this. And I think a lot of sitcoms have in the past. They haven't merged all of those into like a living, breathing human like most of us are. Mm Mm-hmm. But you could see yourself a little bit in each one of these characters. Yeah. So Yeah. I thought Tootie was like the most normal of them. Yeah. But she was also really young and immature. Like if you go back and watch some of her stuff, like she's very much pigtails and lollipops and roller skates and annoying people yeah. and whatever. So she's like the kid sister version of, you know, like that's her adolescent role is annoying mm. kid sister. So it's really cool. But I also thought like at the time – you know, you would see in movies and read in books or TV or whatever about people going to boarding school, right? And it's usually this big to-do and you're in Switzerland or you know, whatever it is. I just love the fact that they had a board. Like, I was like, I want to go to boarding school. Like, this shit looks awesome. There's no parents around to bug you. You've got that lady in the kitchen that feeds you and, you know, gives you good ideas and then goes away. That's great. Yeah. You never saw them go to school. Like, they were just it's just the facts of life in this dorm house. Like... Yeah, that was a fun that was a fun show. Yeah, very cool. All right. So 
Anyway, I think also a lot of our things here just talk about how old we are. So yeah, yay. <laughs> so uh, that's all I have for well, sequels. There's been plenty of like t- television spinoffs that have just done terribly. Like I believe there was Joey uh, that didn't do very oh, yeah. well. Um, you yeah, know, one no, that I did terrible. like but wasn't as good as the original was Empty Nest. That was from the Golden Girls. And yeah, I loved Empty Nest. It was a lot better than that Golden Palace that they tried to roll off with the Golden Girls minus, you know, uh, Dorothy. Yeah. But yeah, I liked Empty Nest and I liked, uh, I, I mean, I still love the Golden Girls all day long. That wasn't a spinoff necessarily, but it was kind of a spinoff-ish from like Maud and Mama's Family and some of oh those. Oh my God, I love Mama's Family. You know, yeah, I mean, that was a spinoff from the Carol Burnett yeah. show. Um and honestly, that was a great show. Yeah. I love that show. It it would not stand up today, but it was a great show. I enjoyed I it. Too. And then Betty White was on there, you know, as the slutty character. So that's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. But honestly, that was her role back in the day. She always played the slutty one, and Rue McClanahan played the uh, the sweet one. And so they switched them up for Golden Girls, and it was delightful. <laughs> we need to do a Golden Girls episode. We call Liz Pageant. Yeah, talk about I know. It the us. problem is, is we've talked about Golden Girls so much. <laughs> Not really. Uh, it's just a smattering here and there. <laughs> we talked about it a lot with Liz yeah. Pageant when she came I know on the her, show. Her. But it wasn't it wasn't specifically Golden Girls. No, really it just ended up being. <laughs> I loved the I Golden know, Girls. But you know yeah. what? That's how the mm-hmm. magic happens right there. Spontaneous Golden Girl love. Yep. Uh, so something I did want to mention, speaking of spontaneous topic selection we have a new thing that's happening on our patreon page if you are a patron of our show which we have several and we love you you're amazing we are actually going to let you give us some topic ideas and what we want you to do is we want you to send them to us you can message us through the patreon app or you can message us through our email contact us at nerdybitches.com hit us up on twitter whatever it is you do have to actually be a patron to do this so if you want to sign up to be one so that you can have your topic picked go to patreon.com/nerdybitches and we want you to just send us a topic whether it's a movie just a random geeky topic something you want us to talk about i hear people telling us we should watch wrestling there's all sorts of things out there send us your topic idea we're going to put them all in a hat and every month we're going to go through and we're going to pick out one of your themes. Mm-hmm. So do that and you get to be a part of the show. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. So, hey, okay. do you have any uh, good internet quotes for us this week? I do. This one's from at Sleepy Panda. Okay. It says, welcome to adulthood. You get mad when they rearrange your grocery store now. <laughs> I love it. It's true. So, all right. Anything all right. else this week? Nope, I think that's it. Cool. Well, we will see you guys next time. All right. Music provided by www.bensound.com and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Holy shit, that guy's like leaking milk out of his eyeballs. Like, what is happening?